what the word steadfast means. Well, let me say it in a sentence and then see if you can take a guess. Ready? Whenever I'm in trouble, I can always count on my steadfast friend to come to my rescue. Did you guess? Yes, steadfast means reliable, dependable, loyal, firmly in place, trustworthy. We don't use the word very much today, but I think it has a lovely sound to it, don't you? Say it with me, steadfast. Hello everyone, I'm Kathleen Pelly. Welcome to Journey with Story. So, as we fast approach Christmas, today's story is an old Christmas story from that marvellous storyteller, Hans Christian Andersen. And it's all about a steadfast tin soldier. Now, it was written a long time ago, and so some of the words might seem a little unfamiliar are old-fashioned to you. But I think you'll be able to guess most of those words as the story unfolds. Oh, it does mention something called a snuff box, which we do not use in this day and age, but long ago, a snuff box was simply a, a sort of decorative small box for holding scented, powdered tobacco leaves that people would take a sniff off. It sounds sort of strange nowadays, I know, but as I say, this is a long-ago story and a long-ago word, but now you know what it means, a snuff box. Oh, before I begin, thank you to all the students and staff at St. Catherine Drexel Elementary here in Colorado for recently hosting an author's visit from me, where we took a journey with one of my most recent books, Five Little Angels, which celebrates the power of kindness to make the world a better place. Thank you, boys and girls, for a wonderful welcome. Now, let's take a journey with The Steadfast Tin Soldier by Hans Christian Andersen. There were once five and twenty tin soldiers. They were all brothers born of the same old tin spoon. They shouldered their muskets and looked straight ahead of them, splendid in their uniforms, all red and blue. The very first thing in the world that they heard was, Tin soldiers! A small boy shouted it and clapped his hands as the lid was lifted off their box on his birthday. He immediately set them up on the table. All the soldiers looked exactly alike, except one. He looked a little different as he had been cast last of all. The tin was short, so he had only one leg. But there he stood, as steady on one leg as any of the other soldiers on there too. But just you see, he'll be the remarkable one. On the table with the soldiers were many other playthings, and one that no eye could miss was a marvellous castle of cardboard. It had little windows through which you could look right inside it. And in front of the castle 
were miniature trees around a little mirror supposed to represent a lake. The wax swans that swam on its surface were reflected in the mirror. All this was very pretty, but prettiest of all was the little lady who stood in the open doorway of the castle. Though she was a paper doll, she wore a dress of the fluffiest gauze. A tiny blue ribbon went over her shoulder for a scarf, and in the middle of it shone a spangle that was as big as her face. The little lady held out both her arms, as a belly dancer does, and one leg was lifted so high behind her that the tin soldier couldn't see it at all, and he supposed she must have only one leg, as he did. That would be a wife for me, he thought, but maybe she's too grand. She lives in a castle. I have only a box with four and twenty roommates to share it. That's no place for her, but I must try to make her acquaintance. Still as stiff as when he stood at attention, he lay down on the table behind a snuff-box where he could admire the dainty little dancer who kept standing on one leg without ever losing her balance. When the evening came, the other tin soldiers were put away in their box and the people of the house went to bed. Now the toys began to play among themselves at visits and battles and at giving balls. The tin soldiers rattled about in their box for they wanted to play too, but they could not get the lid open. The nutcracker turned somersaults and the slate pencil squeaked out jokes on the slate. The toys made such a noise that they woke up the canary bird, who made them a speech all in verse. The only two who stayed still were the tin soldier and the little dancer. Without ever swerving from the tip of one toe, she held out her arms to him, and the tin soldier was just as steadfast on his one leg. Not once did he take his eyes off her. Then the clock struck twelve, and crack, up popped the lid of the snuff-box. But there was no snuff in it, no. Instead, out bounced a naughty little imp, a magical creature who liked to stir up trouble. King Slugger, he said, will you please keep your eyes to yourself? He did not like to see the tin soldier gazing at the ballerina, but the tin soldier pretended not to hear. Ah, just you wait till tomorrow, taunted the imp. But when morning came and the children got up, the soldier was set on the window ledge. And whether the naughty imp did it, or whether there was a gust of wind, all of a sudden the window flew open and the soldier pitched out headlong from the third floor. He fell at breathtaking speed and landed cap first with his bayonet buried between the paving stones. And his one leg stuck straight in the air. 
the housemaid and the little boy ran down to look for him, and though they nearly stepped on the tin soldier, they walked right past without seeing him. If the soldier had called out, Here I am, they would surely have found him, but he thought it contemptible to raise an uproar while he was wearing his uniform. Soon it began to rain. The drops fell faster and faster until they came down by the bucketful. As soon as the rain let up, along came two young mischievous lads. Hey, look, one of them said, there's a tin soldier. Let's send him sailing. They made a boat out of newspaper, put the tin soldier in the middle of it, and away he went down the gutter with the two lads running beside him and clapping their hands. High heavens, how the waves splashed and how fast the water ran down the gutter. Don't forget that it had just been raining by the bucketful. The paper boat pitched and tossed and sometimes it whirled about so rapidly that it made the soldier's head spin. But he stood as steady as ever, never once flinching. He kept his eyes front and carried his gun shoulder high. Suddenly, the boat rushed under a long plank where the gutter was boarded over. It was as dark as a soldier's own box. Where can I be going? The soldier wondered. This must be that naughty imp's revenge. Ah, if only I had the little lady with me, it could be twice as dark here for all that I would care. Out popped a great water rat who lived under the gutter plank. Have you a passport? said the rat. Hand it over. The soldier kept quiet and held his musket tighter. On rushed the boat, and the rat came right after it, gnashing his teeth as he called to the sticks and straws. Halt him! Stop him! He didn't pay his toll! He hasn't shown his passport! But the current ran stronger and stronger. The soldier could see daylight ahead, where the board ended, but he also heard a roar that would frighten the bravest of us. Hold on. Right at the end of that gutter plank, the water poured into the great canal. It was as dangerous to him as a waterfall would be to us. He was so near it he could not possibly stop. The boat plunged into the whirlpool. The poor tin soldier stood as staunch as he could and no one can say that he so much as blinked an eye. Thrice and again the boat spun around. It filled to the top and was bound to sink. The water was up to his neck and still the boat went down. Deeper, deeper, deeper and the paper got soft and limp then the water rushed over his head. He thought of the pretty little dancer, whom he'd never see again, 
and in his ears rang an old, old song. Farewell, farewell, O warrior brave, nobody can from death thee save. And now the paper boat broke beneath him, and the soldier sank right through, and just at that moment he was swallowed by a most enormous fish. it was inside that fish. It was darker than under the gutter plank and it was so cramped but the tin soldier still was staunch. He lay there full length, soldier fashion with musket to shoulder. Then the fish flopped and floundered in a most unaccountable way. Finally, it was perfectly still and after a while Something struck through him like a flash of lightning. The tin soldier saw daylight again and heard a voice say, The tin soldier! The fish had been caught, carried to market, bought and brought to a kitchen where the cook cut him open with her big knife. She picked the soldier up bodily between her two fingers and carried him off upstairs. Everyone wanted to see this remarkable traveller who had travelled about in a fish's stomach. But the tin soldier took no pride in it. They put him on the table and lo and behold, what curious things can happen in this world. There he was, back in the same room as before. He saw the same children, the same toys were on the table, and there was the same fine castle with the pretty little dancer. She still balanced on one leg and with the other raised high. She, too, was steadfast. That touched the soldiers so deeply that he would have cried tin tears. Only soldiers never cry. He looked at her and she looked at him and never a word was said. Just as things were going so nicely for them, one of the little boys snatched up the tin soldier and threw him into the stove. He did it for no reason at all. That imp in the snuff-box must have put him up to it. The tin soldier stood there, dressed in flames. He felt a terrible heat, but whether it came from the flames or from his love, he did not know. He had lost his splendid colours, maybe from his hard journey, maybe from grief, nobody can say. He looked at the little lady and she looked at him, and he felt himself melting. But still... He stood steadfast, with his musket held trim on his shoulder. Then the door blew open. A puff of wind struck the dancer. She flew like a sylph, straight into the fire with the soldier, blazed up in a flash and was gone. The tin soldier melted all in a lump. 
The next day, when a servant took up the ashes, she found him in the shape of a little tin heart. But of the pretty dancer, nothing was left except her spangle, and it was burned as black as coal. Oh, it was a sad ending there, wasn't it? But also mixed with a little tiny bit of happiness too, right? After all, our steadfast tin soldier, who was both a very dependable soldier and a dependable friend to his ballerina, ended up being together with his ballerina. I wonder, maybe you do too, why Hans Christian Anderson didn't end the tale simply with the toy soldier finding his way back to the house. I wonder why he chose to end it in such a sad way. Well, I don't have an answer. Maybe you do. Or maybe it's a mystery. Well, do you know anyone who is steadfast like our tin soldier? Someone who is always there for you in your time of need? Someone you know you can always count on. Maybe you could make a little thank you card or a Christmas card for that person and thank them for being such a steadfast friend. And maybe during this Christmas and holiday season we can all try to be steadfast for our family and our friends to be there for them when they need us. After all, that might be the very best gift we can offer anyone, don't you think? Grown-ups, if you haven't already done so, please take a moment to rate and review this podcast wherever you listen to it and do share it with a friend or two. Thank you and Happy Christmas to all of you, our loyal and steadfast listeners. We are so grateful for your loyalty and your support. Cheerio then, join me next time for Journey with Story. Story.